your grace and mercy in our lives. We thank you for, Heavenly Father, for sending the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all. We pray tonight, Lord, for those who are indeed in need and in these days, we pray for our friends and family who face the challenges today. We pray for, as a church, we ask that you would put on our hearts that one person that you've brought into our lives, that we might share the gospel with them as we pray about the one that you've sent our way. We thank you for this season of time that we celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come tonight to your word to learn more about how we see you in the midst of our suffering, how, how sad it is for the world, those without Christ, to see nothing in their suffering but suffering. Tonight we pray, Lord, for, we pray for the, for the needs that are hard for us to look at. We turn away from them. We, we pray for the we pray for all these uh, foster children across Tennessee, and many of them, hundreds of them, sleeping in offices in Nashville. No place to go. We pray for those who are suffering in medical facilities, those who even in our own church family have lost loved ones today, others who've lost uh, loved ones in recent days. Sickness, pain, struggles, depression and discouragement all around. But there is great hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we let our light shine. Help this little church to do our part to share the gospel and follow Jesus and love other people, tell the world. We truly need to hear what you have to say to us from Jeremiah. We don't know how to express our suffering as he did, this spirit-filled holy man. May we learn about holy lament from him. May we practice it in our own lives. May we be grieved as he was for the judgment of God upon those around him who refused to obey God. He suffered with them and suffered himself. So here we are tonight, Lord. Some in this room don't believe they have any suffering. They think they're fine. Some in this room are just trying to survive emotionally. Others in this room are rejoicing in victory in Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, learning to walk with God. We pray for the people of our church, so many, so many unnamed and unknown needs uh, that are not always expressed. May we be your people to one another, encouraging one another, and to the stranger, may we be Jesus to them. So help us tonight, Lord, to end this year focusing upon what is the most important and starting the year with what is the most important. Forgive us when we are caught up in silliness. 
trivialities and insignificant things that don't last forever. We thank you for the privilege of having fellowship around your word and we pray that tonight you would open our eyes that we might see the truths of your word. May it draw us in. May we, may we be challenged by what we hear and what we look at. And may it make a difference in our life now. May these, the truths that we hear tonight last all the days of our life. To the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. We're scattered around. If you haven't got a copy of the outline, you want to probably do that. There's some here and there's some at the back. And I should have had someone handing these out. It would have helped us. If you're joining us online, I know some of you uh, remind me at times because you're not able to travel over and be at the church because of where you live. And you're a part of our church. We, we, we miss you. We love you. We're glad you're with us, though. May the Lord bless you. If you're with us tonight for the first time, you, you're involved in other things, choir or other places, um, we're glad you're here. But we're studying the book of Lamentations, and Lamentations is this uh, book that is probably one of the least taught and preached in the modern church, because who wants to talk about lament? Who wants to talk about sorrow? Who wants to talk about suffering? We live in a world, I won't be able to repeat all the introduction, but I do want to say a little of it for those who are with us for the first time. We live in a modern world where we pretend like there is no suffering. We ignore it. We turn away from it because we, we do not want to be affected by it. When we have it in our lives, we have people who come alongside of us and say, well, you just need to move on. Just move on. But we discover that uh, Jeremiah, this holy man of God, wrote these words as the book opens, the Lamentations of Jeremiah. What? A prophet of God? A man filled with the Holy Spirit would lament? Yes. And every person in this room who is a follower of Jesus must learn what holy lament is. And you must practice it in your life. You must practice holy lament in all the seasons of life. Some who are younger in here, though you've not had deep pain and suffering in your life, you do not know what yet is ahead of you. So we learn these things for the sake of our entire life. This will help you. This will help you walk with God in your suffering, not move on out of your suffering. And this is the difference for those of us who walk with God. Chapter 1 was uh, Jeremiah's, and again, this is an acrostic. It's a poet. It's beautiful poetry in Hebrew. Beautiful to read in Hebrew. It's so lovely. It's even beautiful to look at on the page where each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Again, some of your Bibles even have the letters marked as you have them. Uh, you have them there. Uh, and so you have the first chapter is a lament about the devastation and destruction of Jerusalem. The second is uh, chapter number two is an acrostic poem, sacred poem, lamenting the wrath of God that came upon, this is the final judgment. Now Babylon has come. Now the Jerusalem is sunken into the ground. The temple is destroyed, stripped, and many of the people are now hauled away to Babylon. Utter devastation. Lament for the city, lament in chapter 2, 
recognizing that the wrath of God has now come. The wrath of God has now come. The judgment of God has now come. Oh, it's never going to come. Oh, all of these prophets came along. The Lord sent one after another, one after another. Judgment is coming if you don't repent. Judgment is coming if you don't repent. No one would listen. They turned away. As I've mentioned to this group, Jeremiah is told by God, you're going to preach and nobody's going to listen to you. But you preach on anyway. So the judgment of God falls and uh, we read such uh, sad things in these words. But we also learned that Jeremiah had holy lament for those who would not he wept for those who were weeping who would, who, who would not lament their own sin or confess it. He was broken over the sinfulness of rebellious Israel. I ask you today, are you broken over the lostness and hostility of the world toward the gospel? Jeremiah says, I read uh, 22, excuse me, two, chapter 2, 11, my eyes fail because of tears. My spirit is greatly troubled. My heart is poured out on the earth because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Why am I crying? Why am I moved? Because of their destruction. What didn't have to happen has happened. Is there any, as was said, as he cried out back in chapter 1, verse 12, is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? This is the cry of these suffering people who, yes, they deserve the judgment of God. But even though they deserved it, here's this holy man who weeps for them. Is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? Look and see if there's any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord in, inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. Is it anything to you? And the suffering of the world and the lostness of the world cries out to the church and to this church. Is it anything to you? Does it matter to you? Do you care? Well, that's something we all have to answer, don't we? What moves your soul to grief? Because your grocery bill's higher? Because you have to put more gas in your car? Because your, your retirement funds have been impacted by inflation? Because your favorite politician isn't running something? What is it that grieves you? Well, this is what the book of Lamentations... You see, it's, as I've said, this book is in your face. You cannot turn away. We now read these words we read and we won't read it all. And now we come to chapter 3. Chapter 3 is 66 verses. It's at the sweet spot. We're going to spend a lot of time. Those of you who study with me on Wednesdays, we're going to spend a lot of time in Lamentations 3. It's going to take us a while. And then we'll find our way into chapter 4, Lord willing, as time goes by, if the Lord Jesus hasn't come, and, and then we'll be in chapter 5, and then we'll move on 
wherever the Lord has for us. So tonight we read Lamentations 3.19 following, Remember my affliction. Listen, this is the holy lament of a holy man. He's saying this to himself, as I mentioned to you last week. You see, you talk to yourself. Spiritual people talk to themselves about their own condition. You must talk to yourself. You need to get up in the morning and you need to talk to yourself. What is the disposition of your soul? What is the condition of your soul? You, you may try to fool people, but you know how you are. God knows and you know. He says to himself, remember my affliction, my wandering. This is not a prayer. This is him speaking to himself. Remember my affliction, my wandering, the wormwood and the bitterness. We would say, oh, I don't want to remember that anymore. No. No. To grow in holiness, you must remember your affliction, your wandering, your wormwood and your bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. You see, you have to know your condition before you can find your way to hope. My soul is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. My emotions, my, my, my desires, my passions, they're all, I'm bowed down. I'm, but now in my mind, this I recall. Here's that, con, here's that great glorious contradiction. So different in the saved person than in the lost person. Because there's spiritual mindedness in us all. My soul is bowed down, and this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. And then he breaks into it. I've put it there on your page. This is our focus. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never... The Lord's loving kindnesses is plural in Hebrew. Indeed never cease, for His compassions, plural, never fail. They are loving kindnesses, compassions. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So on your sheet, how does the believer sorrow and lament in their suffering? In this world, you will have trouble. Our Lord Jesus has said that. Any truthful gospel preacher or teacher of the Word of God will say that to those who they speak to. If they don't, they're not telling the truth. They're preaching heresy. Christians suffer and Christians suffer greatly. So how does the believer sorrow and lament in their suffering? Well, Jeremiah teaches, the, teaches us, and this is what we're learning. If you're joining with me, if you're interested in what I've talked about before, you can always go back. All of this on is the outlines and all the rest on, out on the, wherever those things are on the website. And they're for you and they're for this church. I wish more of our people could hear me talking about this, but that's just the way it is. Jesus teaches the practice of holy lament and suffering, which produces hopefulness in God, God's great faithfulness. Here's what it is. Jeremiah's, listen to my words carefully. Here we're going to read, here we're going to read four words. Verse 23, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah's hopeful cry of holy lament. Great is your faithfulness. And he says it in his suffering, not when he got out of it, not before it, but in it. So now we have these observations about these verses. Some of this I'll be quick just to make observation because I want to get to the, 
the primary focus, which is the hopeful cry of holy lament. Great is your faithfulness. Can you say that in your suffering? So we've had people who've had phone calls recently in our church. Well, you have cancer. What do you say? We've had others who've had issues with their children. What do you say? I'm talking about you as a follower of Jesus. Some of us living in conditions that seem like they'll never change. It is a suffering that's been given to us almost for life. So what do you say? The hopeful cry of holy lament is this. Great is your faithfulness. And we say it to God in our deepest suffering and pain. Some of you, I'm your pastor. I'm doing this because we need this. You need this. I need this in our lives. Maybe not today. Maybe in your great suffering, you read the book of Lamentations rather than some other places. Maybe to your friend who is in deep suffering, you help them understand the great story and wonderful teachings of Lamentations. Number one, holy lament remembers God's faithfulness in suffering. Let me just read my points of outline then come back because I want you to see the pattern. Holy lament remembers God's faithfulness and suffering. Holy lament trusts in God's faithfulness and suffering. Holy lament hopes in God's faithful faithfulness in suffering. Holy lament rests in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ in suffering. And holy lament lives on the promises of God in suffering. There it is. Remembers, trusts, hopes, rests, and lives. God may never take your affliction away. So how do you do with that if he never takes it away? What happens to the follower of Jesus Christ whose body is uh, damaged and they, they, they lose the ability to walk? They lose their eyesight. They can't hear. They're disabled in some way. What what do they do? Well, what does the believer in Jesus Christ who is disabled by emotions that seem to never be able to be controlled? Well, we learn to practice holy lament. We speak to our God in our suffering. I didn't say we complain. We speak to Him in our suffering. This is what Jeremiah teaches us. I would encourage every believer in this church, you should spend some time reading carefully the book of Lamentations. Don't rush through it. Linger on the words. It will help you. It will help you. I promise you. Holy lament remembers God's faithfulness and suffering. This I recall to mind. Therefore I have hope. You see the unbeliever you walk with, the unbelievers we know, their minds are set only on their suffering. This is, the new, this is the news broadcast. This is the world. It is the suffering. It is the suffering. It is the suffering. All that's there is the suffering. And the suffering drives 
the mind and soul to hopelessness. Romans 3, when Paul is talking about the sinfulness of sin in every person before they're saved, he says, the path of peace they have not known. They're hopeless. They have no hope. They're without God in the world, as Paul says. This is, the, this is the condition of those that you work with, those that we go to the store with, those who are our neighbors who do not know the Lord Jesus. They are hopeless. And as they will say sometimes, I can never get over my, my struggles. So what do we say to them? Well, the believer recalls God's faithfulness in their suffering. There's hopefulness. It's, a, it's in your mind. It's a spiritual it's a spiritual memory. It's a spiritual mindedness that comes to you, not naturally, but supernaturally because the Holy Spirit is in you. So, holy lament remembers. Holy lament trusts. What does he say? The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. He's making a statement of trust here. He's declaring the Lord's loving kindnesses. Please notice how they're tied to this Word of faithfulness on the end. They're faithful. They never cease. God's love for you never ceases. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you in your pain. God loves you in your suffering. As I said to you last week, you know that you've made spiritual progress when you're able to see the love of God in your greatest suffering. The world would cuss God. The world would hate God. Why would you bring this on us? Why would you do this to us? If you are God, why would you let suffering go on in the world? We've had some who said they were followers of Jesus who've left the church because they can't understand suffering in the world. Can you see the love of God in suffering as a believer? Well, you see, God's loving kindnesses never cease. Right, right along with suffering comes the love of God. Right along with suffering comes the love of God and His compassions, which is tied to His compassions. His mercy never fails in the deepest of suffering. And this loving kindness and this compassion is fresh every morning. It's fresh. It's, it's fresh. It's new every morning. Like some of you in here, go get here, get your eggs, and aren't you glad you have chickens these days? Go get your eggs, fresh eggs every morning. Fresh, fresh. In the summertime, you pick those tomatoes right off the vine. Fresh, it's all fresh. It's all fresh and no, it's not stale. It's just right for the day. It's just enough for the day. Loving kindnesses. Compassions. This is for you. You're going to need this in your suffering. This isn't a Bible lesson tonight. This is for your soul. To understand the greatness of God's love and His compassion for you. This is not a theory. This is not an idea. We remember and we trust. Deuteronomy 7, 9, when... Moses is declaring the blessings and cursings. Know therefore that the Lord your God, He is God, please notice, the faithful God who keeps His covenant and His loving kindness, please notice, to, to a thousandth generation. It's a lot of generations. 
thousands upon thousands of generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. But see, this is the other side of faithfulness. God is faithful in love and compassion, but wait, we've just seen it in the book of Lamentations. God is faithful to come in judgment. God's faithfulness is in love and compassion to those who will receive it. But God's faithfulness will come in judgment. This is why I say this church every week, the Lord is near to the door. I was talking to somebody the other day, it was like they had this idea of God, that God's kind of like a, a kind, and I'm, and I'm getting to be that way, a crotchety, kindly old grandfather. Sure. Okay. I'll let my grandkids have whatever they want. And this fellow was talking to me. That's kind of the way God is. He said all of this, but really, in, in grace, he's going to somehow bring it around. No. He cannot deny himself. He is himself. God himself is faithfulness. It is his perfection. He will never change. As wonderful as we're going to see his great love and compassion... His great judgment is real. And it came time and time again in the Old Testament. But he repays those who hate him to their faces, to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Holy lament hopes in God's faithfulness in the suffering. The Lord is my portion. We're going to get to this. We're going to spend some time on the Lord is my portion. That's going to take us a little while. The Lord is my portion. Listen to these hopeful, listen to this hopeful cry uh, within the midst of his holy lament. He's recalled this and now he says the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases, compassions never fail or new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, is the cry. The Lord, most of you in this room tonight are good Bible students, you know, all uppercase Lord. Yahweh, Yahweh is my portion. Yahweh, covenant God. God who makes the covenant. We live under that glorious new covenant, sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope. Please notice in what he gives, in what he has. No, in him. God is our very hope, not what he provides for us. So I pause here for us to consider something. And I ask it in the form of two questions. I'm not asking this about your friend. I'm asking this about you. This is time for self-examination. You're doing well right now. So all of a sudden, but tonight you get the phone call or tonight that tragedy happens or something comes in your life tomorrow. You weren't expecting it. In your suffering, do you focus only on the pain and troubles? I'm asking this church, I'm asking you who are followers of Jesus. Are you one who goes around telling everybody else how pitiful you are and how sad it is for you and all the things that are happening to you and what a sad woe is me. How pitiful your life is. Just from a general thing, you know, people get tired of hearing that, by the way. You, you do know that, don't you? Whining and crying, I don't think you tolerate it with your kids. 
is your suffering focused only on pain and trouble? Is that where you live? That's why you have bitterness. That's why you have hate. That's why you're cynical. That's why you're not close to God. You've allowed the cares and worries of your troubles to strangle out the Word of God. You, can, you don't pray. You don't meet God. You don't draw near to God. You, you really, God is to you someone who serves up for you what you need because you are the center of the world. Consider, is your mind able to, are you able in your mind to consider God's great faithfulness? Listen, this is a discipline. What do you think about in your deepest pain? Where does your mind go? I submit to you the spiritual minded man or woman of God, the man or woman of God filled with the Spirit, considers the faithfulness of God in their deepest pain. And I could expand these, but I have other things we have to say. Now we come to the glorious thing. Great is your faithfulness. All faithfulness from God rests in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I had a hard time choosing where I would pick from in the New Testament to consider the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this requires and should require of this preacher, but not now. We'll do it at another time. To expand on the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, in this room, how we ought to all bow and get on our faces and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your complete, absolute faithfulness to God. It's the only reason why you're saved tonight. You see, within the very character and being of God, His eternal perfection is faithfulness, and so is our Lord Jesus Christ in His faithfulness. So what do we read? Hebrews 2, 17, 18, familiar to this group. As your pastor, I spoke to you for a long time about high priesthood of the Lord Jesus. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things. What does that mean? Jesus Christ became a man. What are we doing at Christmas? Incarnation. Enfleshment. God made man. The God-man. The man-God. Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ became a man. He had to become like his brethren in all things. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make payment for the sins, the sacrifice, the propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered. Please pay attention now. Here's the linkage to suffering. What was the Lord Jesus' life like? What was his life like? It was an entire life of suffering. A man of sorrows acquainted with much grief. For since he himself, who was made like us, was tempted in that which he was suffering. You see, there's always temptation when you suffer. You're tempted to curse God. Wasn't that the Job thing? You're tempted to dismiss God. Well, this is just circumstantial. It's just what happens to people. You dismiss it. You make a light of it. We're tempted in many ways in our suffering to unbelief, to tempt God, 
For since he himself was tempted in that which he, he has suffered, he is able. Oh, this is it. This is the sweetness for all of us tonight. This is for you when dark days come. This is for you when you walk with your friend in times when you, you don't know what to say and probably it's best. Do what Job's friends did before they got in bad shape. Just sit with them. Just be quiet with them in their suffering. He is able. He is able. He is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Because he tempted, he's been tempted in suffering just like us, and he suffered death as an innocent. He's able to aid those who are tempted in suffering. And he's become a merciful, did you see it in the middle of the passage? He had to be made like us so he could become two things. Mercifully faithful, faithfully merciful as a high priest. That's who you go to. Lord, I have these needs. Help me, Lord. I call to you. Well, look, I'll get back to you. You see, the Lord is fully dependable. The Lord Jesus is fully dependable. Do you go to the throne of grace? You've called your friends. You've talked to everyone else around you. They know your despair. But have you gone to the throne of grace, to the merciful and faithful one, our high priest, Lord Jesus Christ? You see, Jesus Christ learned to obey God from the things he suffered. I've put it here. I want you to consider these three things. Hebrews 5.8, although he was a son, he was the son of God, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. You see, the Lord Jesus learned to obey God in what he suffered. Are you listening? In your suffering, you must obey God when you suffer. I must obey God in my suffering. This is the Christ-like way. Jesus Christ was faithful to God in his life of suffering. He remained faithful to God to do his will while he suffered greatly. Believers must be faithful to God in their suffering. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ was faithful, again, as a son over his house, whose house we are, whose follower, who are followers of Jesus. Are you faithful to God in your suffering? Someone said to me, well, you know, Pastor Mike, I used to go, I, I can't come to church like I used to. I just, I just have so many troubles. You can't come to church and be with God's people because you have so many troubles. Seems like that would be a good place for you to be. I'm not belittling here. I'm not really trying to be trifling. I'm not trying to be silly. Well, I used to go. I used to pray. I used to walk with God. My spiritual life was so much better before I had all of these troubles. I'm, I'm quoting people who've said these things to me as a pastor. And I've heard it in many years. So you... You're faithful to God when everything's good. You're not faithful to God when everything's bad. The Lord Jesus as a son was faithful to God. Need I remind this group in this room of how he suffered? He had to be taken to Egypt as a young child to avoid being killed. On the run... 
the king was trying to kill him in the cradle. On the run. Hunted, tempted, despised and rejected. Keep the sufferings of Christ always before you, whatever you suffer. Jesus Christ in his sufferings became the example of how to trust God in his sufferings. And believers must trust God in their sufferings. Peter says it, 1 Peter 2, who committed no sin. This is the glory of the Lord Jesus. We have sin in our suffering. We sin in our suffering. We're not perfect. Nor was there any deceit found in his mouth, and while being reviled, he did not revile. Please notice this last phrase, while suffering. While suffering. He uttered no threats, but kept, oh, here it is. It's beautiful. Here it is. How did he do it? What did he do? While he was suffering, he was entrusting himself. It's, it's, a beautiful, it's, a, it's beautiful to read this, this verbiage here, the verbs. While suffering, he's entrusting. He's entrusting while he's suffering. This is what we learn in Holy Lament. We entrust. God, I trust you that you have put me in this condition. I entrust myself to you. And if this is what you want, if this is your purpose, if this is your will, I entrust myself to you who judges righteously. Holy lament lives on the promises of God. I couldn't stop in putting these together, so you got it all tonight. The whole bale of hay. Here it is. We'll just read these. What do you live on, my brothers and sisters, in your suffering? Well, I live on my medication, if you're, if you're healthy. Okay? You should take your medicine if you've been given it. Some of you listening, you know you need to take your medicine. I'm not making a joke out of that because it's very dangerous if you don't, please. You do need to do that. What else do you live on? How do you make it through your suffering? Is it, is it your education? Maybe it's your philosophy. You, you've created, maybe your family's handed you down a, a philosophical way of uh, coping with your troubles. Philosophy will never replace the gospel. Unless it conforms to the gospel. God is faithful to help us in our sufferings with a way of escape. Now this one's always misread and no temptation is overtaken. You see there's temptation and suffering. There's suffering. Sufferings lead us to temp be tempted. Because it affects our desires. And desires where temptation begins. No temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. God's faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape so that you won't have to have any more trouble. Is that what it says? No, it says so that you can endure. Wait a minute. This isn't what I wanted to hear. Sorry. Because I'm looking at all you, my brothers and sisters, 
You know what the Word of God says in Hebrews? When it's talking about the discipline of God for all of His children, you have need of endurance. So that when you've done the will of God, you see, this is what you suffer, you endure your suffering. The way of escape is to endure. Oh man, I'm looking for the door to get out of it. Where are you going to go? That's what the fellow told me. I'm looking for, Pastor Mike, I'm praying for the door, the escape door. Where's it going to take you? Back to the joy land? The land of, you see, heaven is that place. It's not here. You see, the way of escape is the way of endurance. The way of escape is the way of endurance. God is faithful to sustain us in our sufferings. Because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus, God is faithful through whom you were called. I'm talking about all my brothers and sisters here tonight. You were called into fellowship with His Son. Praise God. I can endure any suffering because I'm united to Christ. Christ is united to me. I have fellowship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. God's faithful to preserve us. Preservatives. You know, not preservatives in the way we think of it, though we have them. I'm thinking about preserves, you know, mason jars. I'm in Dixon. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, some places I've been, they didn't even know what a mason jar was. You know what I'm talking about. You preserve that good fruit that... You preserve it. Boy, I'd like to have some chow chow if anybody's got any around. But anyway, I've just... You preserve it. Look at this. God preserves you in your suffering. Oh, I'm, I'm languishing away. I'm draining away. Oh, I'm half myself. Oh, oh, here we go. Wait a minute. May the God of peace sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you. He'll bring it to pass. He's preserving you for the day of the Lord Jesus. God is faithful to protect us. The Lord is faithful. He'll strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Oh, the devil's after me. Yes, he is if you're a follower of Jesus. But the Lord is faithful. He'll strengthen you and protect you. God is faithful in his promises. Let's hold fast to the confession of our hope. When do I need to hold on to my profession of hope when the storms are raging when the troubles are rolling when the trials are overwhelming me when the afflictions are blowing around me well, how do I hold on how do I hold on to what I've confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord I hold on to it because he who promised is faithful it is within God himself he can only be faithful by Faith, Sarah, received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who promised. Well, God said he's going to do it and I believe God's going to do what he said. God's faithful to forgive us our sins. You know 1 John 1, 9. But we run over it quickly, don't we? He is if we confess our sins, hear me tonight, I love you in the Lord Jesus. All of you, I love you. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. He's the just one. 
to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. Now, what do we remember? I could have made a longer list, but this is enough in my last three minutes. Don't stop on me. Listen, stay with me. Stay in the moment, please. As I said, as I begun this little talk, the hopeful cry of holy lament is this. Great is your faithfulness. This is what we say to God. This is what we say to God when you can't say anything else, when you're out of words, when your emotions are drained away, when you feel you can't make it another day, when you think that it's hopeless, you say, great is your faithfulness. And you say it to the one who is himself faithful in all ways. And you say it, you say it and you come to the great faithful high priest, the Lord Jesus. You see, God's great faithfulness is greater than your greatest sufferings. Great is your, great is your faithfulness. God's, God is greatly faithful in great sufferings. I have witnessed it in my own life and I have seen it in the lives of countless followers of Jesus. Great faithfulness for great suffering. Great faithfulness. I may not be faithful. How does Paul say it? If, if I am faithless, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. God will always be faithful through the Lord Jesus Christ. I say this to my brothers and sisters in this room and those listening to you or whoever may hear this Whenever great suffering brings us to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is, we're reminded in the book of Revelation, I remind this church, He is the faithful one. He is the faithful one. Uppercase O. He is the faithful one. There's not faithful two. There's not faithful three. There's not faithful many. We're called to be faithful, but oh, none can be faithful like the faithful one, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you can have hope in your greatest suffering, because there is a faithful one, and you can go to him and draw near to him. God's great and precious promises encourage us in great sufferings. Oh, what did Peter say? He has granted to you and I, he has granted to us, look at this now, His precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world. Oh, precious and magnificent promises from a faithful, eternally faithful God. And Jesus Christ, our great high priest, is faithful to help you in your sufferings. We have a high priest who's passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need.
And then how do we do it again? The hopeful cry of holy lament is, Great is your faithfulness. So we glorify God in our sufferings. It's easy to say, but only by the Holy Spirit can you do it. It's a great lesson for Bible teaching. It's a great concept to consider. But when the storm rages and you don't know if you're going to make it, then do you say, great is your faithfulness. Glorify God in your sufferings. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Like I mentioned to you before, and I know I'm a little bit over two minutes, but just let me finish. As the lady said to me, how do I give thanks? How do I give thanks to God that I was abused by my husband? Give thanks to God in everything. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Find the love of God in the greatest suffering. I remind you that Jeremiah was watching mothers eat their children. We're going to see more of it in Lamentation. You can't turn away. You can't turn away. It presses us to the point of saying how, where, what, suffering, and yet the love of God and a holy God and all of these things at the same time. Yes, this is, this is where we learn to trust God. As believers in Christ, rather than unbelievers who have no hope in God. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. When you go to bed tonight, how about in your prayer? You end it. Whatever you got to go through, whatever you're facing, whatever's on the list, how about tonight? You end the day. Great is your faithfulness to the praise of the glory of His grace. The Lord Jesus is at the door. My church brothers and sisters, my friends, He is faithful in love, but He is faithful to come in judgment. His promises will be fulfilled. He will come to make the wrongs of this world right. He will reign. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, how we thank You for Your Word. Now, now we leave with something to hang on to for all of life. Great is Your faithfulness. And we say hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Your faithfulness has saved us. Your faithfulness gives us mercy and grace every day of life. Your faithfulness is all we need to survive. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Good to see you. Hope, Lord willing, see you Sunday. Say hello to somebody on your way out, and uh, Lord willing, we'll see you then. Have a great week.